This is episode 50. In this episode, you'll meet Diana Gosset, creative owner of Queen of My Heart Boutique. She shares her business story and how the birth of her first daughter inspired her to learn a new skill and start her own business. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos! It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate, and I'm so happy to have this guest here today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Diana. I, um, I live in Castro Valley. I'm the creative owner of Queen of My Heart Boutique. Um, I make baby shoes and clothing um, um, up for toddlers as well. Um, and my original design and my signature item is the Sarape booties. They're so cute. All oh, of the that clothes that you make is so cute. Yeah. Thank you. So first we're going to get to know you better and then we'll talk more about your business. So what is your favorite food? You know what? Even though I'm Mexican, you would think my favorite food is Mexican, but I love Chinese food. <laughs> I love it so much. Fried rice with shrimp in it. Oh, it's so good. Chinese food is my favorite food. Yeah. <laughs> so my family went to China and they said that the food in China is like not like the Chinese food here. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Is it like... Why? What's the difference? I really don't know. I don't know. They all went to China without me. Oh, well, I was in college. I think I was in college and I couldn't go. Yeah. It was the same with my husband too. Like the year that he graduated, his family went to Ireland. They didn't even invite him. Oh. He went for like two months. He's like, dude, that was like my high school graduation year. You didn't even invite me. Uh, or you could have waited. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you I know what? I've been to Texas and like, you know, you go to a Mexican restaurant in Texas, it's not like the Mexican food here. Mm -hmm. so it's Tex-Mex. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it varies. Different. What's your favorite color? That's a tough one. Um, you know, I'm always wearing black, but technically black is not a color. So I'm going to go with turquoise. I love the color turquoise. <laughs> I love it too. I like wearing uh, turquoise jewelry. Oh yeah, I really like turquoise jewelry. What's the most recent book you've read? Hmm, the most recent book was a while ago, and actually, it was an autobiography of Chiquis Rivera. <laughs> oh know? really? Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> I finally bought it and got to read it, and um, her story is really good. Oh cool. Yeah, I don't really know too much details except for just the regular general, yeah. Yeah, the ones that, like, everyone knows. Yeah, you know what? I'm not a big banda fan, um, but when Jenny Rivera had her 
um, her TV show, um, I fell in love with the family because she reminds me of like, like her family is just like my family, you know, and I think there's like, I don't know, five siblings and I have, there's five siblings in my family and like, we're like one of each of them. So when she came out with her book, I thought, oh, I need to read it. Hmm. Well, that's cool. Uh, what's what's the last song you listened to? The last song, um, <laughs> this is so funny. It was Chalino Sanchez, um, <laughs> Alma Enamorada, <laughs> because yesterday I just found out. Um, I guess there's a recording, a video recording of him, like the night before he passed away, or you know he got murdered. And so then I decided to listen to that song. Oh. That was like this morning. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> if you could meet one person dead or alive, who would that be? Um, you know, probably James Brown. I love his music because I'm a big soul girl. Mm-hmm. And so maybe James Brown, but I have a feeling that if I could meet him, he would be very overwhelming with his personality, mm. but I'd still like to meet him. Like, what, yeah, what do you think he would say to him? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. He's probably, you know, he probably didn't, he didn't seem like the kind of person who could keep a steady conversation. Yeah. I'd like sit there and talk and just more go. Yeah. Go, you know go, what? Go. I'll have to get back to you on that one because maybe <laughs> I wouldn't want to meet James Brown. No, I think it would be I'd cool. I'd like to see him in concert. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just like be around him and feel his energy. Yeah. 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 So tell us something. Tell us something about you that only a handful of people know. Um, I don't know. They they probably know that I'm like like spiritual. I don't know. I think only a handful of people know that I'm Christian. <laughs> mm. hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't. That's a, that's something that's like so private. So I think only a few people know. Yeah. That's, okay. So now we're gonna get into talking about cultural identity, and so I'd like to know how do you self-identify? I don't know. I I guess I'm always talking about Latina and Latina power, and mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that or you know a woman or you know I describe myself as a poderosa Mm -hmm. you know um yeah poderosa because you know now that I'm a wife and a mom and a creative I'm like dude I feel like like how do I do it all it's like super mom stuff right there it's like some poderosa (laughs) stuff (laughs) so do you also identify as a wife and a mom and a you yeah, say? yeah, a provider, provider, um, mother. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, I've had that some. Uh, I've noticed that some people have difficulty answering this question because a lot of people don't really get opportunities to talk about this because we can be so labeled in so many different ways from the outside world that a lot of times yeah. we don't we don't take time or the opportunity or you know, we don't find or they don't, the opportunities don't find us to be able to Mm -hmm. talk about our identities. What do people normally answer to that question? Everybody, everybody is different. Everybody's different. People identify you, they, with their ethnicity, with a country, the, um, 
with I don't know languages they speak with their with yeah with their gender or or if they're a mom or a wife yeah. or a husband or dad or some some people identify as an entrepreneur yeah mm -hmm. it's just so many different oh, yeah yeah there's like so many things that you could identify yourself as so how about what does cultural identity mean to you like the um the phrase cultural identity cultural identity to me i would say it means how, how like how you celebrate yourself you know like mm -hmm. how you celebrate where you're coming from how you were raised mm -hmm. um because like even though like you're mexican right even though we're both mexican i feel like in a way like we have different traditions mm -hmm. so my traditions like that's my culture to me and I guess that's what you know it's just everyone's cultural identity is so unique you know yeah that's so true because i mean i do identify as a mexican-american as a latina as a chicana but, but yeah like the way that we grew up and even though we we were both californians we're mm -hmm. still and even though we now both of us live in the bay area and we're moms and we're business owners we're still like our cultural yeah it's so different so different yeah. yeah yeah even like regions you know like i'm from southern california when i moved up here it was such a culture shock you know mm -hmm. it was it was high tea <laughs> it's like a word that i never heard <laughs> when i came up here but I know it now, like I know the vibe, the Bay Area vibe, and I love it. <laughs> but yeah, totally. Even though we're Californian, we're like coming from different cultures almost. Yeah, when I went to San Diego State, I was 18 years old, and they would make fun of me because I said hella a lot. Oh, I know. <laughs> They're like, oh, is that hella cool? Oh, is, is that so hella funny. hot? Is that yeah. hella cold? And I'm just like, okay, I get it. I said hella get over it like <laughs> that is so funny yeah when i moved up here i was like that word is so like i cannot get used to it and then i was talking to my husband uh, a couple of days ago actually i was like did you used to say hella as a little kid because it sounds kind of weird if kids say it he's like no we used to say hecka I'm like hecka that is so funny mm -hmm. but, yeah kids the kids say hecka mm -hmm. that's funny it's so funny so let's talk more about your business so what do you sell? You already said that you sold baby and toddler clothes, but mm -hmm. can you tell us more about like, how did this whole business vision come about? Like, why, like, why did you start? And maybe how long have you, yeah, how long have you been operating yeah. it? And how, how much has it changed? Well, it first started, let me see. Well, my daughter was born in 2016. She's my first child. And when she was born, I thought, okay, well, they don't make, you know, clothing that celebrates uh, my culture. And whatever I did see out there that celebrated my culture was like, you know, Old Navy, Forever 21. I thought, no, this is not, this is not what I want. Yeah. Um, so commercialized. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, I would like to learn how to make it myself and actually my entire life I had always wanted to learn that so um I just never did because you know I think I was really shy to ask my parents or you know I'm, I was so private mm -hmm. that I thought no I don't, you know, I don't want to bother them for a sewing machine and so I became a stay-at-home mom after she was born 
And I thought, okay, well, this is my time to learn. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. And so that year um, on Mother's Day, my husband surprised me with a sewing machine. Oh, and cool. it took, yeah, I took one class at Joanne Fabric, a beginner sewing class. And um, they taught me all the terminology and they taught me how to do a straight line. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, okay, this is going to be very slow. It's like an hour. And you like in one hour, you taught me how to do one straight line. If I continue <laughs> paying like 40 to 80 bucks per class, I'm going to go broke. Let me just go and teach myself. So I got some books. Um, I learned on Pinterest and YouTube. So um, I'm pretty much self-taught. And in 2017, that's when I decided, okay, well, let me put something out. I started with bibs. And then I decided, you know, I'm, I really love soft sole booties. What if I made a, a booty in the prints that I love? And as I made them, you know, they were horrible, as I told you. Like, they were so ugly when I first started. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they were all crooked you know, and the lines weren't straight and then I thought okay this is a good shoe how can I make it more unique because I remember hearing a, um, a lady in the Bay Area who actually became um, very successful because she invented these like hair ties she said if you want to be um, if you want to be successful in what you do you know let's say you sell jewelry but everyone's selling that same kind of jewelry make Mm -hmm. it unique to your business Mm -hmm. and um, so you can stand out like on Etsy Mm -hmm. if you make something unique you're going to stand out I thought okay well what can I do to make my shoe um, unique Mm -hmm. and then I had the idea to make one out of a sarape blanket and I thought this is the coolest shoe that I could (laughs) I mean not to toot my own horn but I thought like you don't see these anywhere so then I started working with those a lot of trial and error I had to learn the perfect materials for them, the perfect thread. And um, that's when all that started. And it wasn't until 2018 when I did my first pop-up. It was a miserable failure. I made one sale and it was for my mother-in-law. It was Mm. so miserable. (laughs) But it was like, it was really small. It was a private one. And uh, it was here in Castro Valley. And then the next one I did was in um, Sanchez Contemporary. Mm -hmm. It was like a Mother's Day. and. Yeah. And I just took off from there. What, um, so you said that you wanted to make your shoe unique and you made Mm -hmm. specifically the soft soft sole shoe. So I remember like 12 years ago, about 12 years ago when my daughter was born, I wanted to buy her those shoes and they were all just like little be little like animal characters or just very simple ones like most of them were made of like leather yeah yeah and like the robies like yeah yeah robies mm. exactly yes uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I would buy, buy those all the time um and I really I really wish I would have had your boutique around I would totally I would even buy some sarape shoes for myself now I could wear them around the house I mean since we're spending 24 7 in our house now I mean yeah I can make some for you I did for a long time make adult slippers oh my gosh I'm so excited (laughs) so how how did you grow from starting out with one shoe like or making just shoes set up a shoes and now you make like a whole bunch of other things like a lot of other things yeah how did it how did you get from there to now when did you start incorporating other items 
you know what? Um, you know, because like I said, like I, I started with bibs and after mm-hmm. a while I got bored with bibs. Like I wanted to be more challenged because I was a fresh learner. I had mm-hmm. so much energy and I thought, well, what else can I make? What else can I make? What else can I make? And uh, it was always intimidating, but you know, it just takes trial and error. And, you know, I went from bibs to the booties and then I thought booties, okay, booties are cute. What can I add more to my, my, my little puesto right here? Mm-hmm. Um, every time I would bend at a show, I thought, okay, well, how can I add clothes? So then I started with skirts because mm. I was, I was a beginner. So skirts were really easy to make. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then I just moved up and up and up. And so I went from skirts and then like little peasant tops and I went to like rompers and more and more challenging clothing. Um, I thought, you know, I guess I'm always trying to push myself to learn something new. But that's so, that's so cool that like you're up for the challenge and that's kind of like me too. I'm like, okay, this is it. What else? What can, what else can I do? <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't want to just get stuck there. Cause you know that you can like, you know, you can keep yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have to be like really, really big changes or anything. It's just like making tiny little adjustments and then yeah, little by little. Definitely. Yeah. So you meant, so you um, told us how you started using Sarape to make the booties, but can you tell us other ways of how your cultural identity uh, affects the way that you run your business? Yeah. I mean, even not even just as like my culture, but as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my culture being a woman of color, uh, you know, being brown, um, that's very important when it comes to my business and especially like as an American, like, and a mother, like for, for every thing that I am, I need to represent my culture. And it's important because, you know, being in America, being a daughter of, of immigrants, I need to represent them and make my people proud, you know, like, People have fought for me, even like when it came time to vote, I thought me as a woman of color and as an American and as a female, I need to go do this. Like I need to honor the people before me Mm -hmm. who made this my lifestyle possible for me. I think that's what makes, you know, makes it so important to, you know, celebrate my cultural identity and incorporate it in what I do. Because, you know, this is not something that I came up with, like, I need to, like, honor the people, you know, like I just said, honor the people before me who made this possible for me. Yeah, that's so, I, like, totally believe that 100%, because if it weren't for, you know, like, my parents doing what they did, or my grandparents, or great-grandparents, or great-grandparents, if it wasn't for any of them, then you know, I wouldn't be here with opportunities that I have or with experiences that I live. And then I also thought about it in the other way, like my kids and then my future grandkids and my future great grandkids and, Mm -hmm. you know, generations that I probably will never meet. And yeah, so it's just like all the decisions that we're making now are going to continue. It's not just going to affect us in the moment and our family yeah. right now yeah. Now that we have, but like our future generations too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, how easy or how difficult has it been for you to find the resources that you need for your business? 
So I know you you told us about like you got a sewing machine, you got gifted a sewing machine, and then you started taking classes and you started learning on your own. But besides that, like where did you find all this materials? Because you use very, very unique, beautiful, like really colorful fabric that I don't really mm-hmm. see a lot anywhere. Right. So, and not just that, like your packaging is all so all pretty and you oh, thank stamp you. and everything. Like, <laughs> like how easy or how difficult was it for you to find everything? Or um... Well, it's easy if you're really looking for it you know, Mm. probably you as well, like as a businesswoman, your mind is always thinking, even Mm -hmm. when you're not working, even when you're cooking or having conversations with your husband, you're thinking, how can I improve my business? Oh, what can I do? And then like you spark an idea, you're like, okay, let's, let's continue this conversation in a little bit. Let me go write this down or, you know, um, I think when you (laughs) that does happen to me. I saw this meme one time that said, I know you're talking to me, but in my head, I'm actually sewing or something. <laughs> so it, it's so funny because it's so true. It's like when you have a business, you're just thinking like, okay, what can I do to expand? What can I do? to? And um, like, for example, like the stamp on my shipping boxes, um, that was not hard to find because I was always thinking, how can I improve my packaging? And I'm always thinking that too. How can I improve it? And I thought, huh, okay, a stamp, let's do a stamp. And actually, I used to do stickers on it, a sticker of my uh, my business, uh, my business logo. And my husband's like, dude, why are you wasting your money? Just use your custom stamp and stamp them. I thought, oh, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I like the look even better because it's kind of rustic, you know? Yeah, I was going to say it has this like cool little rustic look. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love that theme for my business. And, um, you know, when it comes to fabric, I always think, okay, well, what prints can I use now? What what represents me? Like, what do I love? Because if I don't love that print, a million people could love that print. But if I don't, I just, I can't make it with joy. Mm-hmm. So I'll just Google my life away until I find something that's perfect. Um, it has been a little tricky, though, to find resources like on, you know, like um, business, just the business side of it the creative side is really easy for me but the Mm -hmm. business side and numbers accounting all that it's so hard for me so that's been a little tricky especially because there's so many resources and everything on google says something different so that's the tricky Mm -hmm. part yeah i mean like at the end of the day you have to make the best decision for your business and I totally get that if you don't know, if you're not, if you're not familiar with the business side of it and you don't know if you're making the right decision or not. Right. Yeah. Because the creative yeah. part of it, like when you're creative, you could just feel it. Yeah. Right. Like I'm very creative too, but I don't, my creativeness is not in like really like the craftiness part of it. Like I will sit there and create all these other things and write all these down and write all these mm-hmm. proposals and things like that. Um, but I totally, I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Cause people, yeah, I totally get it. But yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day, you have to make the best decision for you. And like, even, even me, like I know how to create a profit and loss statement and I know how to create a business plan, but I still like second guess myself and I'm still like, wait, wait, should I do this? Should I not? Should I do this? Should I not? Like, you know? Yeah. You know what? There's something that 
<laughs> I kind of started living by when I got my first office job. Um, I would work hand in hand with the CEO. It was so scary. But my manager, she would just say, you just have to fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And he would ask me all these things. The reason I got the job was actually because I was bilingual and because I knew how to use Excel. And um, I knew Excel because in high school, my senior year, I took accounting. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason I got the job because I knew Excel. And the CEO would say, do you know how to make a chart? Do you know how to? Oh my gosh. And I was so scared because I don't know math. Excel does it all for me, but making a chart mm-hmm. for you, that's so scary. And I would just say, yes, you know, um, a little more confidently. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I learned. Um, you just have to fake it till you make it. And, you know, he yeah. would give me these tests and I had to Google the heck out of them. Be like, how do you do this on Excel? How do you do this on this program? Mm-hmm. And then I would do it. I would give it to him. And then he would say, dude, like, she's really good. And then he would tell my boss's boss, oh, you, she's a good one. I'm like, oh, yes. So <laughs> you, you fake it till you make it, you know, so I would fake it and I would make it. So, um, and I think it's the same for my business. I apply the same thing to my business, you know, and I think sometimes, okay, well, you know, really good seamstresses that I know sometimes they, they'll look at my work and I get so embarrassed because I know that it could, you know, it's their professionals, not me. Um, but you know, I just, hold my head up high and and you know I just pretend like I know it all and I'm a professional as well but you know when you when it comes to business decisions you just you know just go with it you know there's always going to be that trial and error so um yeah you always have to make the best decision for you in that moment and then just make adjustments if it's not working then just yeah cut it out or stop stop investing in that it's not a big deal yeah yeah so what's your favorite technological tool that you use for your business? Um, I guess Instagram. Instagram is a lifesaver for my business. Sometimes I think if, I, if, if social media was not a thing, how would I be selling things? You know, my mother-in-law says she used to sell bonnets and she would, um, she would keep them in her car trunk. And mm-hmm. she would ride around town and she would just tell moms about these bonnets and then they would buy them. And I'd be like, I would never be able to do that. Walk up to a stranger and be like, Hey, do you want to buy these shoes? That, that would be so, so awkward. Yeah. So I'm so grateful for Instagram because I could just put it out there. And if somebody likes it, then, then cool. And, but Instagram has been a great tool um, as well as TikTok. Actually, I started in TikTok in March and in that month, I got over like a thousand followers on Instagram. And that was awesome. I didn't have a lot of followers to begin with. And, but in just that month, um, yeah, I, I got a lot of hits and I've been getting really good sales um, thanks to social media. It's all about visuals. You know, people see something, they'll buy it or, you know, something they like. Yeah. So thank goodness for, for those two platforms. Yeah. And also, you know, people kind of scroll through quickly and then your pictures of your items just like pop. They're so unique. Oh, thank you. Well, I was going to ask you, what's your favorite fabric that you've ever created something with? Um, What was the print of? Yeah. Oh, that's a tricky one. You know, I really like the Frida, the Frida one, the, the turquoise one. 
that one is really cool. Um, I think what I love about it is because I like rustic, like the rustic look. So there's something super rustic about Frida. And then there's that Sailor Jerry look in that print. So then when I make something for a child in that print, I just think it looks really cool. It really pops. Mm. I do. I think I remember it. It has like a turquoise background and then it's her face. Yeah, it's got like some have her face. Um, she looks really cool. You know the Sailor Jerry tattoos, like that mm-hmm. pinup look. Well, it, that's what it reminds me of. So there's like a face, and then there's a heart. It says "Te mucho," and then there's something else that say "Ya no estoy sola." Like it's just so cool to me. Mm-hmm. And I love turquoise, like I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is so cool. And your like the fabric that you get is doesn't look just like normal fabric it looks like artwork i mean it is right like that's what i love about it yeah and now i'd like to take a little break i'm so happy because i made it to 50 episodes yay and this week i celebrate relate and elevates two-year anniversary i really want to thank all of you who have been listening since the beginning and i want to thank all of the new listeners And I especially want to thank you if you have shared this podcast or recommended it to anyone. I started this podcast because I love hearing stories and I love learning about businesses. When I first started listening to podcasts, I learned a lot from entrepreneurs and business owners. But there weren't any podcasts with Latina, Latino, or Latinx business owners. So most of the podcasts I listened to didn't relate to my reality as a Chicana Latina mom building a business with a full-time day job. So I decided to start my own podcast to highlight the stories of Latinx business owners so they could share their business story. I have a really big favor to ask you. I'd really love it if you would rate this podcast and leave a review. I'm so happy that I'm celebrating two years anniversary with all of you and I just can't wait for more, many, many, many more stories to come in the future. So thank you for listening. I am so grateful and I appreciate all of you who listen. Thank you. So is there a business that you follow that you want to be like? Like a business that you look up to? Yeah. um, Earlier I was talking to you about the woman who made those hair ties. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been following her on YouTube and Instagram since I started this two or three years ago, three years ago. Um, She's actually main message. She invented these hair hair ties in college. I think she went to Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara State. um, And she lives in Berkeley. And she just became super successful from these hair ties. And I look up to her and I follow her and I love her, her, the way, cause she's very artistic, mm-hmm. um, in her, in her photography. So, um, yeah, I really admire her. Hmm. Yeah. It's cool to like, look at other accounts and be like, Oh, that's so cool. I want to be like them. <laughs> yeah. You know who I also want to be like, uh, Azteca Negra, Marisol. She's, she's kind of like a mentor to me. Um, she's always giving me so much advice. So when I see like all the awesome things that she's getting herself into or the opportunity that all the opportunities that she receives, like I admire that, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be like her too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's a really cool person. 
and all of her um all of her items are so cool and also beautiful very unique beautiful and colorful unique, colorful items also yeah totally yeah yeah so if you could have done something different with your business what would that have been shoot right off the bat the accounting part of it <laughs> i would have been more on top of it from day one with accounting and finances so like that hands down yeah well i mean you know how to use excel so just keep track of it in there right <laughs> yeah that's the part i struggle with yeah yeah but it, i mean i get it though like i know how to use excel too i would use excel in my job and when i used to have a day job for someone else i would use excel every day and now I use Excel for other things like to create to create a podcast schedule. I actually have like a podcast yeah. calendar schedule, you know, but yeah, it is different. It's not just, Oh, I'm going on Excel. It's like you're managing your money. Right. And so yeah, in the right, like, yeah. And I mean, when, when I was in high school, I didn't take like accounting, like an accountant would. I took, you know, I did the basics, the very basics. Of accounting, <laughs> so I could never, do my own accounting that was a while ago too I think I only use excel now for um you know when I get orders I, I make a, a sheet of my orders and what I need and the sizes mm -hmm. so that's all I really use it for now yeah but yeah excel you can use excel for so many different things you can google templates on for excel for anything yeah oh yeah yeah, I don't know what all the updates are now. And, you know, now I was complaining to my husband a while ago that all these Microsoft programs used to come in with your computer, like, but now you have to pay for them all. So now if yeah. I want to use Excel, I have to go on Excel, like, on, like online, not even like the app. Well, yeah, I, I just go use online. Google Drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's... Can you share some advice for anyone with a culturally specific business or business idea? Start your accounting from day one. <laughs> <laughs> All the property and law stuff, do it now. <laughs> totally. Don't skip on the finance part of it. You know, I know that you want to jump in and get creative and do all these wonderful creative things, but start keeping track of your expenses now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because yeah, then you. it snowballs and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then you're like tracking, like, yeah, wait, what bank account was it? And you have to go exactly. back to 2018 exactly. and be like, wait, yeah, where's my receipts? Yeah, <laughs> totally. And you know what? I think I would also say, don't be, I don't know, it might sound a little seckle, but don't be like a like a people pleaser. Like when I started this, people would say. I love your bits, but you should make it in this print. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, okay. And then I'd go like a little dummy and go buy that print. I would post it and no one would buy it. And then they would say, I, I love this. Can you start making it in like Star Wars or, oh, Star Wars always sold, but like something like Totoro. Okay. And then I would go to Joanne's and buy that print, list it, and no one would buy it. Like, and so then I decided this is not worth my money. Like I would get mm -hmm. stuck with these prints. I'm going to list what I have and the sizes that I, that I, um, that I list. And 
if you, you know, if it's, if I don't have the print that you, that you want, then I'm sorry. Like, it's what I have now. If you want something in a certain print, um, you have to provide it for me because I just can't keep making that same mistake. You know, I have to, you know, go buy it. And then you say, oh, I'm sorry, I changed my mind. Um, so, yeah, and I think I was just too much of a ple people pleaser at first. Um, so now I just say, I'm sorry, like, this is what I have on my website. That's all I, that's all I can offer to you. Yeah, you know what, you bring up a really good point. Um, and there's like a really big difference of doing something to please like one person than to like take a survey from all of your customers or most of your customers and say, hey, would you like this? And then see what the response is. And then once, if they, if the majority say yes, then okay, then it's worth yeah. your time. But if they that say makes no, if they say no, then you're like, okay, mm -hmm. no, right? And the that cool makes a lot more sense like, to do that. Yeah, like mm -hmm. Instagram has the capability to do that because you can ask questions. You can yeah use the poll feature or ask questions like in your yeah email. yeah do that do that. But just because one person says you should do it this way, you know, it doesn't mean that everyone else wants you to do that. You know, like somebody said one time on one of my posts, you need to start um you need to start offering size ten ASAP. And I just thought, oh, okay, well, like, I appreciate your suggestion, but no, like, I'm just sticking to these sizes, you know, because um, it's just too much. You know, it's too much yeah, to handle I mean, whenever you need to alter your business. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it's if, a lot. If one person tells you, okay, okay, thanks, you know, thanks for telling me. But if it's like, you hear the same thing over and over again from a lot of people yeah. like, okay, that's different. Right. Yeah. Then that's when you should consider it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it but, is important to listen to your customers, but mm -hmm. like a collective of your customers, right. not exactly. just one person. That's when all those surveys come in handy and the polls and stuff. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. But definitely just, just because one person says, can I, can you start making this print? Don't go to the, 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 the store to buy that one thing, you know, because yeah. it could be just a waste of your money. I, well, that's just from my experience. Yeah. But you know what, real quick, those fabrics that I ended up with all those couple years, three years, um, now they're coming in handy for face masks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> repurpose. You never know. <laughs> Thank goodness for them, because now there's no there's no fabric anywhere at the stores. Yeah, you know what I just I realized is that you and I started our businesses like around the same time, like oh really twenty yeah like in twenty seventeen, um, that's really when I officially launched, like in oh that's cool I think I launched my website like in September of twenty seventeen yeah. So that's when you like so when did you. I decided that I was going to be like a business strategist. Okay. Well, actually at first I called myself a strategic planner. <laughs> okay. And nobody, and nobody knew what that was. And I was like, yeah, I guess nobody really knows what that is. So I shouldn't really call myself. That. Yeah. Um, but then I, I was like, Oh, I work with business owners and I would talk to people. So it was like that summer I took this course, um, this like, women's course and it was like 12 weeks 
and it was like it, it was so many things it was with this uh she's a a marriage and family therapist but also a coach that created this program for women to live their true life's purpose but she her and the other women in the group helped me to like identify and pinpoint like what my true life's purpose is and like what my true talents are and what my true skills are that's what my true life's purpose is is to help small business owners and to help them learn things about business and to help them grow their businesses yeah and and to help small businesses take over the world because I'm tired of the corporations have taken over the world so yeah there's so many like instances where I could have just stopped and given up but that wasn't like my purpose yeah you just went for it kept going and then you get like that gut-wrenching feel and like you just jump into something you're like oh my gosh am I really doing this oh now I can't go back. Yeah, so and a lot of it was fake it till you make it. Like I would talk yeah. to people and I would say, oh, this is what I do. And like, even when I was saying it, it was kind of like, I don't even really believe in myself. <laughs> I know. It's but so I weird. Had, even like when you say you're a business owner, it's like, oh, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there are things now that are easier for me to say, but before it wasn't, it was like, what? Like I didn't feel legit I didn't feel valid I don't know you gotta fake it till you make it (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. I bet you're having a lot of fun with it too and it's also really cool that you you as a person of color you started going to these like person of color events I had no idea there was such a thing you know as a Latino Mercado you know like that is so cool and like here in the Bay Area I have no family out here. I'm like the only person in my entire family who lives in Northern California. And the people that I live with, or my husband and his family, they're not Latino, they're Caucasian. So they don't have the same, um, you know, costumbres as, as I do, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I go to these mercados, like that's my people. And that's why I have so much love for everybody. And not only are they brown like me, they are uniquely creative you know Mm -hmm. so they get my lifestyle and it's so cool that you know you can be part of your own community and doing what you love that's really cool Mm -hmm. yeah and it's surprising and actually what you just told me about you just started as well uh, three years ago I never thought how many of these small Latino businesses are fresh you know, mm-hmm. like, like me, I thought these people have been doing this for like 10 plus years, but no, most of them, mm-hmm. I've only been doing this like three, four, five years. It's really yeah, cool. Like less than five years. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the past few years, um, the Latino businesses have been just like, have just skyrocketed, rocketed. Yeah. They're like number one. Especially women, Latina owned businesses. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that there's a huge um, wage gap. So, you know, like the fact that Latina women make 53 or 54 cents on the dollar compared to uh, a dollar that a white man makes and everybody else is up there and in between. Um, I don't think, I think that's a direct correlation to the fact that like 
we're also like in the same group that has like the fastest growing um entrepreneurs like we're the fastest group fastest growing group of entrepreneurs and small business owners yeah and you know what I think also like as a as a woman it just feels like like oh I don't know about you or other women but it just feels so empowering like I think we are so empowered these days um that I think that we feel like yeah no we don't have to like make 53 cents to your dollar no like we're gonna be something even better and I think even in the Bay Area like when I moved to the East Bay um I noticed that women are so empowered out here they're not haters um everyone is just kind of in that same mindset um like very powerful strong um where I'm from in Orange County um you know you think of Orange County as being like heavily populated with like you know Caucasians well living in orange county i just always felt like okay we're the brown people we need to stay down here where we belong you know because this is white man's territory um Mm. when i moved here no i didn't see that i didn't feel that even living in castro valley you know with the track record that they have you know i guess they were like one of the top cities uh with kkk members like i'm not threatened living here and i don't yeah, I didn't know that either. My husband told me um, recently. And so I don't feel like I'm down here. Like I, I feel like I'm, I am just as strong and capable as a successful white man, you know? So yeah. it's really cool. And I think a lot of people feel like that, like, especially out here, um, they just feel strong. And you know what, actually, I can't say that about just here because in LA, they're doing ghetto. like that's where it started. So, um, women out there are doing the same thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think people are just empowered and we have a stronger voice now. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool that you say that. Cause like I would have, I mean, I've lived here in the Bay area my whole life. So I've, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a very matriarchal family and all living here in the Bay area. And I just didn't realize like how strong the women are in my family until I started seeing other family dynamics or like when I moved away to college and I started learning about other people's family, even other people like other Latinos or Latinas or other Mexican American families. And yeah. 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 That's so cool. And you know what, like for me, the biggest, the most important thing for me when I learned about like the wage cap was that, okay, if I'm going to make 53 or 54 cents on a dollar, I'd rather be making that dollar myself (laughs) and use the other money to pay someone else or to pay to run my business while like I keep the 53 cents you know what I mean like or or the other the biggest biggest thing is if and I get like really emotional when I like just think about this like Mm -hmm. if I continue to work for someone else making 53 or 54 cents a dollar then that means that I'm showing my daughters that it's okay for them to do that Mm -hmm. and 
I'm in a decision that it's not okay for them to yeah. do that. So yeah. I can't show them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, like as a mom, um, when I became a mom, I became very like emotional. And when I think about my daughter struggling or, you know, being under somebody's thumb, that's really tough, you know, and it was really sad even like, you know, in politics, she was born the year um, that all this racism started becoming a normal thing. And I thought, how is my daughter going to be treated? You know, yeah, it's really sad. And you know what, like, I even like for a second had like the most ignorant, ignorant thought, I thought, okay, well, my children will be okay, because their last name is white. So um, they're going to be okay. And I thought, like, how ignorant and disgusting is that? Like, no, this is not who my children are, you know, no, my, my children are Latino, just like me, you know, my children, you know, just because they look white, that doesn't mean that they're going to be okay. My daughter's still going to be a woman. My, my son, like these people, they're people of color. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, no, my children, when I think about them, I often hope that, or no, I always hope every day that by the time they grow up, they won't have to fight anymore for equal rights or equal pay. Um, and so, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, that's terrible. You know, your son is going to be making a dollar and your daughter is going to be making 53 cents. Like, that's really sad. That's terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. And so like, good that's for you just, for not picking up with all that, you know, and, yeah. and, and fighting back. So, I mean, like, it's definitely hard. Like, it was definitely a struggle, and it was definitely scary to leave my day job. And I'm out here trying to make it on, you know, also, and try to, I'm providing for my family. And every month, we're able to do it, just another month and another month, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And to be honest, I would, I don't regret anything at all. So. That's good. You should never, never have regrets that will, you know, when you make a move to benefit your children, a good one, <laughs> yeah. then, you, you know, don't have any regrets. So, so good for you. <laughs> thank you. Now that, we're, that, now that I got all emotional. But mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I do have one more question for you. If you had no constraints, would you start another business? And what would it be? You know what? Ever since you had that that Instagram live video about these self-made people, those self-made people have like seven sources of income. Oh, that, all, yeah. <laughs> that has been stuck in my head ever mm -hmm. since you said that. Isn't that like really like I've been thinking about that for like, oh my gosh, I want to say like a year, a year and a half. And that's it's also one of the reasons that helped me like push me to quit my job. It's like the average millionaire yeah. has seven sources of income. Like, I'm never going to become a millionaire if I yeah. stayed working at that one job for someone else, yeah. making half the money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? Um, so I've been thinking about that. Not too hard because I'm so busy right now with orders that I don't really have time to think. But I was thinking, actually, here's a little secret. I am getting ready to launch 
a harem jumpsuit, like the, the Frida one, the yellow one for my website. Mm-hmm. That so one, I'm pretty. ready to start making it and providing it for women. It's going to be oh, really cool. cool. I'm really excited. Um, I still have to figure out, you know, what I'm going to price it at. Um, I need to get in a fabric because there's a lot of fabric that goes into those pants. So I need to start kind of calculating um, what I'm going to charge. And so I think, okay, well, I can offer women's items. What if I just start a different business, but like my, my clothing that I make for children, but for women, you know, um, that could be kind of cool, but that's so cool. (laughs) But I think, how am I going to manage it? So maybe for now, I'll just offer the women's size on, on my website. One moment at a time, one day at a time as we do everything else. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, I totally get it too. Cause like I, I have my business and then I started this other like Instagram account, um, to talk about like my, like my spiritual journey and how like I've been like meditating and doing yoga and journaling and how I use mm-hmm. healing crystals. So I started an Instagram account for that and it's just like a whole nother business, but I'm not, yeah. it's just a plot, it's a platform. But yeah. then like the other day, I don't know, I had like breakfast on Sunday and then I started getting all these ideas and I'm just like, like you, like I started getting all these mm-hmm. ideas and I just sat there and I started writing and writing and writing and writing and writing and like, I created like a whole business plan for it already. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so so but, this is going to be, um, yeah. what's it going to be, re- re- is it going to be related to like business strategies or Mm-mm. Um, it's like completely different different oh that's exciting yeah it's it's called uh, glowing corazon and it's about how the more that we connect with ourselves that we make our corazones glow that's really cool yeah so how are how are you gonna manage is that gonna be like three accounts i'm trying to figure all that out Is that going to be three businesses? <laughs> like, uh, right now I have like three Instagram accounts. My personal one, where it's just like me and my family and stuff. And then yeah. um, my, you know, Giselle's World, which is a business strategist. And then the other one, Glowing Corazon, which is just barely, you know, starting. Yeah. I mean, I can crawling. see you doing like, a, I don't know if you're into blogging, um, you know blogging your you know when it comes to meditation I can see you blogging that but um yeah I mean I think if I started oh you have been you have been a witness or part of my meditation my guided meditations yeah Yeah, Yeah. you have been that's right yeah 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 so I haven't really figured like specifically I'm just trying to go you know trying to discover and let it be as how it goes but yeah I can see you doing a lot of really cool things on that Instagram page you know yeah I'm trying Mm. to figure out how to do Instagram TV so that way I can do like meditations on there um oh how cool like guided meditations so this is so cool so like let's talk like next year well I mean well no you and I all like kind of always talk like (laughs) yeah more more often than just once a year we do see each other (laughs) like let's see in one year from now how we are with our multiple businesses and let's see yeah five years from now yeah how long it takes us to become millionaires and then we can like oh my gosh I know I I sometimes look up like how can I save a million dollars on google and it's like you have to save 
I don't know, X amount, like thousands a month. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't make thousands of months. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, there's this thing that I uh, found a few years ago where someone showed me where like you save for one whole year. The first week you save $1, the second week you save $2. So you go all the way up to 52 uh, weeks okay. and you end up getting like 3,500 or 3,800 in one year. And I'm just like, whoa, that's, that's a lot more good. saved up than what I norm- ever have. Yeah, I <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah, but it's so cool. Like you, you come in, you, you don't have to start on January 1st, you know, we can start right now yeah. and like... Until like May 5th next year. Yeah. But you know, that's a good idea because I think, okay, well, I would like to um, hopefully get somebody to help me manufacture my stuff. Like if it really, if my business becomes something really big, I want to get like the local. It will. When, when, let's manifest it. When it becomes really big. (laughs) Yes. In the meantime, what I want to do is I actually haven't figured out what I want, how exactly I want to save. But maybe like every month or maybe, you know, if one dress sells for $40, save a percentage. I haven't decided what percent. So every month I would have saved, you know, or after every sale, I would have saved X amount of percentage. So then like in a year or two or three years from now, I can use that money that I saved and put it towards. Um, That's accounting. You're you're putting your future investments into your accounting of of your business revenue right now so see you do know how to do accounting (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no no I don't yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's the plan because I think oh my gosh I can't spend like thousands of dollars for somebody to do this for me okay what a good idea let me just save that money be patient and then hopefully next year you'll have a few thousand dollars saved and you can put that towards your business whatever you need yeah yeah that's a great plan I approve yay no not that you need my approval (laughs) or anything Uh, well I always have like such a great time talking with you Diana (laughs) so I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing about your sharing your story and sharing your perspective and sharing all your advice and can you please share where people can find you um, on Instagram? You mentioned on Instagram, but you also have a website. Yeah, so uh, my website, it's kind of long, queenofmyheartboutique.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Queen of My Heart Boutique. Um, I'm on Facebook as well, but I'm actually not as active. So Instagram for sure. And TikTok, right? TikTok. I am actually on TikTok. It didn't let me do Queen of My Heart Boutique as my name. So it's just Queen of My Heart. (laughs) But you can definitely find me on TikTok. Um, I'm not the most exciting on it because I'm still learning how to use the app. Um, But thankfully, it's actually, it's been fun. And I hope you do something like that. Um, Yeah, I did start an account like over a month ago. But I'm my daughter's teaching me how to use it and actually that's what we're gonna do like today or tomorrow or something that's what we're gonna do is start creating the videos on there because yeah yeah I you mean, have yeah, good equipment for I, it I too. do wanna I do wanna like do some fun dance videos and stuff but 
I also want to be able to give, you know, some advice and tips and things. And yeah. Like you know, I do like to follow like business strategists and like on TikTok, they'll, they just make a 60 minute or 60 second video or 15 second. They'll be like, mm -hmm. do you want to know how to improve your TikTok or your business? And then they just give like three tips in 15 mm -hmm. seconds. Like I can totally see you doing yeah. something like that. And actually I, I, I'm so grateful for TikTok because TikTok I have made several um so I have gotten several orders and uh several followers so and actually the one video that went viral it's at a hundred thousand views so oh, that's I so feel cool. pretty famous now yay <laughs> that's so, so that's cool. a celebration yeah like you say we have to celebrate our um accomplishments yeah that's a really really big accomplishment a hundred thousand mm -hmm. people have viewed the video and I love your TikTok videos because you show like the whole process of you making it in, you know, just a couple minutes or seconds. less. Yeah. 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 Seconds. And like, it's a lot. Like I see a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I would like to do it more consistently, but sometimes I'm just so busy working on that, the order that I don't have time to record the process, but you know, I'm st still trying to get the hang of it. Um, it's been a lot of fun and uh, yeah, totally. It's, it, uh, yeah, it's it's been paying off. So, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Diana. I really appreciate it, and I wish you all the luck. And I know we're gonna continue to stay friends as we become millionaires. <laughs> I know. Then we'll like definitely celebrate to that. <laughs> that we'll celebrate every day. <laughs> yeah, we need to celebrate every accomplishment for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and remember when we did the visual visual board, the, the vision, vision board, board party. Mm -hmm. And we agreed, we're gonna see each other more often, like mm -hmm. all the women, and we're gonna toast to every accomplishment. Well, now look where we are, we're quarantined in our house. <laughs> that doesn't mean that we get, you know, cheers to each other uh, yeah. through a live video or something. But yeah, we definitely. When this is all over, we will definitely all get together more often. Yeah, well, let's speak it out into the world. So, yes. so thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.